You're listening to the South Georgia Insider, sponsored by WDDQ Talk 92.1, home of the Scott James Matheson Show. Now here's your host, Theresa Boyd. All right, welcome to another episode of South Georgia Insider. You know, we can't really even talk about workforce development in South Georgia without discussing Wiregrass Georgia Technical College, um, one of 22 colleges within the Technical College System of Georgia with 88 campuses and uh, more than 600 programs. So today we've got Chrissy Staley, Executive Director of Fundraising for Wiregrass Tech. Um, Chrissy is the former Executive Director of the Berrien County Development Authority and the Nashville Berrien Chamber of Commerce. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. And as I was saying, this is my very first chat a little bit about some things happening in your world over there at Wiregrass Tech and um, and how even in the midst of a pandemic you've had a really busy fundraising uh, year so we're going to talk a little bit about some recent announcements that you have and one that just very recent and uh, talk to us a little bit about you just had your first two not just one but two naming of buildings so let's talk about what it takes to name a building and what that means and how that kind of all transpires. So I would be um, remiss if I didn't mention that the planning and all of the forethought and um, the groundwork for the donations that were made by Sydney and Sharon Morris and Dr. Mark and uh, Rhonda, um, if I took full credit for that. You know, those are conversations and relationships that started long before I was ever a part of Wiregrass. So first I have to say thank you to the foundation directors that came before me, the board members that have served in, in the past, because this is a, 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 a lengthy time yeah. that, you know, took place. But our first donor name building is Sydney and Sharon Morris Hall, which was formerly known as Lowndes Hall, which right now is the only two-story building on our campus. And it's the main administrative building. It is. So the president's office is right. there. Our library is in that building. Um, most of our core classes, business classes are taught in in that facility. Our print shop is also in that building. So, um, and that building's now, um, to, you know, it's our new building, um, or it was our new building until the new uh, one started construction a few months ago. But that is 10 or 12 years old right so it's it's been there a little bit and it's a um, beautiful building it is a beautiful building and the constant in that is Sydney and Sharon Morris Sydney was a founding member of the foundation when it started um, when the college was still thought the technical institute he's the longest serving foundation board member that we have and um you know being able to name a building in honor of someone who's so committed and has committed 30 years of their time and their relationships uh, and their financial resources to the college is something huge for us. So we're very, very excited to be able to do that. And because of Sydney's relationship and dedication to Wiregrass, we have a second named building that is under construction. And that is the, uh, it will be officially named the Edward and Rhonda Mark Health Sciences Building, and that's of course Dr. Ed Mark and his wife Rhonda, and they are they are Dr. Mark is retired. He's a retired neurologist. Um, Rhonda is still a practicing registered nurse. So here are two people that have dedicated their professional lives to the healthcare field, and now they're paying that forward 
um, by investing in the future healthcare uh, workers. So, and we'll, yeah, and when we talk about a long relationship, uh, this building, this health science building, has been in discussion for many, many years. I think five plus years. Right. Right. And for those who are listening who don't understand how these things work, to get a building on a campus um, is um, a very long and tedious process because you have to work your way up the list, um, first of all, to get the funding. And normally you get the funding for the design, and then it takes several more years for the funding for the rest. So that happens overnight. No, it didn't happen overnight. The fact that we had folks like uh, Dr. Mark and Rhonda who were... um, personally invested in seeing this building come to fruition certainly helps. We have the number one nursing program in the state of Georgia, right. not once, but twice. I, I was going to have to mention that because Dr. Anderson yes. would be upset if we did oh, not. If I don't it. mention it, anytime I get a chance to stand in front <laughs> right. of a microphone, I get in trouble. So, you know, those are the kind of things that, that certainly helps. But, you know, it is a process. We are a state agency, so we have to get in line with all the other state agencies that, of course, have needs as well. So, um, so it's an exciting time on our campus. You know, it's always exciting to have something new. Um, but I like to tell people that if you haven't been to Wiregrass in six months, then you haven't been to Wiregrass because we constantly have something new going on. Right. And it's generally because of a new demand, a new workforce demand that is generated by our business and industries that we serve. That's right. really where we get our marching orders from. And, and, and in contrast to a technical school and a, a, a regular university uh, campus, is that constant changing over of your of your uh, curriculum and the degrees that offered? So right now, as we are coming through this year of COVID, it is really timely that a new health science building is coming on board. But of course, as we said, it's been a long time in the making. So it's coming on at a great time when people are really thinking more about health services. And um, tell us a little bit about it. It's $22 million. I think it's close to $30 million when you okay. factor in the construction costs and plus the equipment, equipment and the furnishings that'll be put in in the building. Right. And now you did receive some uh, another uh, nice donation earlier this year from South Georgia Medical Center. We did. They are supporting our our LPN to RN bridge program. So um, practicing nurses who have their LPN can come back to school, those who want to get the RN, and it's a more accommodating type schedule. And to say that getting your RN degree is accommodating is probably an understatement because it's a very, very rigorous program. But it is a schedule that accommodates their working schedule. So it allows them to continue to work in field while getting their RN degree. So um, South Georgia Medical Center is um, providing funding to support that program. Right. So when um, also when we talk about fundraising for a technical school, you you're really unlike a university that may have alumni scattered all over the country that they can go to. Your your core is really in this area. That's who you're concentrating a lot on. Ninety percent of our graduates go to work somewhere around fifty miles from whatever campus they studied on. So our folks, for the most part, start their careers local. Of course, you know, we have companies that have national and international right. footprints. So so, so eventually some of our graduates are going to scatter out. But for the most part, our graduates are folks you bump into every day. And you may not realize that they're 
Wiregrass graduates, the folks that are drawing your blood at the doctor's office or taking your x-ray or working on your on your car or welding that piece of equipment back together. You know, there's a there's a pretty good chance that Wiregrass touched those folks in some form or fashion. And so, to, you know, we mentioned um, uh, South Georgia Medical Center, but you do a lot with uh, industrial um, and you work very closely with Ace Electric. And they did something interesting this year with the pandemic and giving the tools. They did. And that is a that is kind of a, a new need that emerged um, because of the pandemic. Um because of social distancing and limiting exposure, um, we um, are encouraging students to, to have their own hand tools, some of their own tools so that they're not sharing and there's no cross-contamination. And that's one of the ways that ACE has given back to the, to the program, the commercial um, industrial electrical program that we partner with them to stand up at the college is they donated some, some hand tools that we can assign to students who don't have their own um, tools and they can use them through the whole semester and then turn them back in when it's over. It's operating very similar to always have students needed to borrow a book that maybe couldn't afford to purchase their, their own book. We'd loan them a book for the, the entire semester and they return it at the end of the semester and then of course we loan it back out again the following semester. So we kind of use those same guidelines they're allowed to you know to use it through the the whole course the whole time they need it for their lab and then return it and then we can reuse them we have, of course sanitize them store them and reuse right. them the next semester so that's one of the one of the new needs that that kind of arose because of the pandemic and just trying to limit exposure and do everything we can to keep our students safe and you know you mentioned the tools and uh, when we think about a college student, we think about, well, they need a laptop and they need some books. But for those technical uh, students, there are a lot of that equipment that you, you do have the HOPE grant, which pays very well, pays most of the tuition, mm -hmm. and a lot of the students get that. But that doesn't often uh, take care of the tools that they need. So even if they're in cosmetology, they need certain tools. They do. Well, all the different ones need tools. So there's no financial aid pathway that 100% pays for everything. So um, that's why the support that we get from industries and friends and supporters of the college is so important. And that support takes a lot of different formats. Like we just talked about ACE and the, t and the tools. We have donors that support scholarships for students that are merit-based scholarships. We have um, donors that support need-based scholarships. So there's a lot of different ways and we can get very, very creative in how you choose to help students. But for the bulk of our students, there's also some type of, of toolkit that is required. And in our industrial programs, like you mentioned, once they get on the job, many of those um, folks are expected to have their own toolkit when they show up to work. In some instances, they're not provided by the company that they work for. That's kind of, they're expected to have hmm. certain things when they show up on, on the job, even if they work for uh, a company and they're not working for themselves. So um, being able to provide assistance, and we, we do have um, a donor that, that helps students purchase um, tools, Whitehead Industrial um, the folks at Mill the, the Millers developed um, an award they call the Whitehead Industrial Tradesman Award. And what they do is they select a student from six different industrial programs 
and they gift them um, a $250, what's equivalent to a line of credit at Whitehead Industrial for them to select tools that they need to start building their own personal toolkit so that they can be successful in, in their career. So it's helping them. Um, it's, it's for seniors, folks that are graduating, getting ready to go out into the workforce so that they can have the, job, the, the tools they need to perform the jobs that, that they're doing out in the community. So when we're talking about fundraising and, you know, we naturally think of you, you go out and you meet with these companies, but you do a lot of events. COVID shut a lot of those events yes. down. So let's talk through some of the events that you've had that have been very successful. How did you kind of have to pivot on that? And what does 2021 look like for that? So Wiregrass's signature event um, when I started was Corks and Forks, which is an event that Angela Krantz started seven or eight years ago. And it was an event that allowed us to show off our culinary uh, program. And we partnered with other local restaurants and offered small plate tastings of signature dishes paired with wine. And then we had an auction, which helped raise uh, money to support our students. Um, it was it's always very well attended. We've hosted at different homes, which is also part of the part of the draw. You get to go see some fabulous homes in our community. And then Corona happened, and um, because our event attracts more than the the the, right. the maximum gathering allows, we have um, we're actually doing that. Um, now our virtual reverse raffle so we sold a hundred tickets 150 tickets sorry for a hundred dollars each and we're awarding a grand prize winner five thousand dollars and then ten thousand dollars will go to support student scholarships at wiregrass and we've done drawings every day live on facebook at 11 o'clock and we draw 30 numbers every day, and there's six daily prizes, gift cards from wow. restaurants that are our supporters of Quirks and Forks. And one winner every day wins their $100 back. So um, it's been well-received. And we've also used it as a platform to promote one of our community service projects that we're really involved with, which is the Tim Tebow Night to Shine Prom. So our Skills USA students and student government students um, collect formal wear, cocktail dresses, mother of the bride dresses, old bride maids dresses, suits, tuxes, ties, and then they set up a, a boutique store for a week for attendees of the Night to Shine prom who need an outfit to wear, and they can come and pick out an outfit that's been donated to us for free, and then they can also make appointments to come to cosmetology and aesthetics to get their hair and barbering to get their hair done and get their nails painted get a little makeup done and so it just helps make that night a little extra special for some of the night to shine prom attendees and when so is that usually what it's usually in february yeah. i think because i think they had it this year uh, yes, just before, just before the pandemic and so we haven't really gotten any news on what's going you know how you know what it what what it's going to look like in 2021 but we know in whatever format that they have it, Wiregrass is going to support that event. So I have been um, dressing uh, dressing up and pretending to be the best Savannah that I can be in prom dresses that we still okay. have left over from last year to promote um, gifting us, 
your old cocktail wear. Um, okay. So, um, you know, a lot of people cleaned out their closets during yeah. the, the yeah. coronation. Well, I'm glad you told me that because I happened to see you today on and Facebook. And you wondered why. <laughs> and I thought, boy, Christy is really dressed up today. Yeah. <laughs> It's a big day for me. <laughs> she's it's my first be, podcast. She's going to be on my podcast today, and she's all informal wear. Yes. I was like, okay, I better, I better decide what I'm going to wear today. Yeah, it's a big day for me. My first podcast, so I decided I want to dress up for it. But no, that's I we 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 dug through and found some of the dresses that weren't selected, and I've worn a different dress every day, and so it's kind of a way, you know, to make because people that know me know that that is not my normal attire (laughs) that I am much more comfortable in jeans and boots and those kinds of things. So, um, I've gotten some um, pretty funny, um, messages from folks. I can imagine. Yeah. Today's look was a little, um, inspired by, I think like a 1995 music award kind of look. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know if you were doing the AMAs or what. (laughs) We've had it. We've had a good time with it. And I think we, it's kind of helped increase our viewership because people are like, what is that? So, yeah. Well, um, so, so your corks and forks, that's your big one. Are there any other fundraisers that you've had to cancel this year or we we have not we spend a lot of time meeting individual individually with industries and friends of the college um one of the one of the things i focused on is getting people to come visit the campus to see um new technology that we've invested yeah, in it's very impressive and while while we talk a lot about having state-of-the-art te- state-of-the-art technology we also we also want to show off what what our instructors lovingly call our legacy closet because we do have industries that are operating on technology that is 20, 30, 40 plus years old because, I mean, if it's not broke, right. there's yeah. no need to replace it. So we have to be able to train our students and expose our students to a wide variety of technologies they may see in the workplace. So we do have some of those older technologies and um, industries are always happy to see that, to see that, you know, yes, we still use that particular version of a PLC or some other type of gadget. That's about the extent of my technological right. <laughs> vocabulary. But, you know, knowing the latest and greatest is, is, is important, but also knowing what exists in our, in our industries and being able to work on it and being able to repair it is also very important. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, getting, anytime I get a chance to come out to the campus and, and see some of the technology, it is, it's pretty, it's very phenomenal. It really is. But you've also had some situations where, um, I believe up in the Douglas, uh, Coffee County area where businesses have actually turned part of their, their manufacturing into a classroom. They did. So Transpower, um, let us borrow one of their bays and their break room to start our diesel tech program. And that was one of those things that was born out of industry demand. Um, they needed diesel techs. We needed a space big enough to teach it. Um, that program has since been moved to our campus on the Baker Highway. And that's one of the fundraising initiatives that we have is, is raising funds to build a standalone um, diesel tech program out on our CDL range in Douglas because our, our commercial truck driving range is on a different piece of property in coffee where here in Valdosta, it's all on the same campus. Right. So, um, diesel techs are, are a huge need throughout right. our service area and not just the, the folks that want to work at, you know, the, on the F two fifties and, the you know, over the road trucks. I mean, 
it's folks that can work on semis and farm equipment, technicians that can work on these tractors and implements that our farmers are using. There's a huge need there. And I don't know how long it's been since you sat in the, in the cab of a tractor, but it, to me, it looks like a spaceship con right. cockpit. It's yes. very, very advanced. Tech. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And so, um, too, I think during COVID, there were uh, quite a few jobs out there that were, come through the technical schools. So you've got your uh, truck drivers. That became a huge need. We, so we saw that. Uh, of course, welding continues to be mm -hmm. another large industry. And electrical. Um, we, we've, through the magazine, have done some stories on the shortages of uh, electricians. And mm -hmm. y'all are working again with ACE, ACE. Mm -hmm. you know, on some of that. So the technical schools really are having to pivot. You know, we talk about pivoting during the COVID. But that's what y'all do all the time. Yes, like I said, a lot of our uh, programs are born out of industry industry need, and that's one of the differences that that we have that uh, then from the university system. So we couldn't arbitrarily decide we're going to start a rocket ship maintenance program, right? Unless a rocket ship maintenance company were to open their doors in our service area, and then we very much could start that program. So we have to have that industry need um, those jobs to place our students at before we can start up a, pro right. a program. And I know, and we've talked about this in the magazine several times, the important role that the technical schools play with industry recruitment. So like right now we have our glass opening mm -hmm. here in Lowndes County. So they have very specific needs. So when those companies come in, they work very closely with the technical schools to say, these are the type of skills we need. Mm -hmm. And um, out there we have STEDA. And I know there was a time when they first opened that they needed their welders to be able to do a specific type of weld. Came back to Wiregrass, y'all uh, changed up the programming um, for that so that their, their welders now meet the, all those needs. Um, and again, we mentioned Dr. Anderson, but we can't have a conversation without talking too about um, the uh, warranty program that you That's have. Right. So tell us a little bit, because she, she does like to talk about that. That's right. So if you hire a Wiregrass graduate and they don't know a certain a certain thing that you feel like they should have, have been taught during that, that program, you can call us up and say, hey, I hired Chrissy. She said she graduated from your welding program but was never taught how to do this particular thing. We will retrain them for free on our time, on, on our dollar within two years. If you call us up within that two-year period, we will retrain that graduate. Oh, that's a bargain right there for sure know, for, for a person. And that's not, we, I just use the welding program yeah, as for an everything. example. But that, that's, that's for any program. Right. So, you know, in kind of closing, we've talked a little bit about the, your fundraising and, and how you work with industry and things. Uh, and we often hear the those economic numbers when we talk about businesses and uh, like Moody Air Force Base and SGMC the economic impact but you know your economic numbers are phenomenal 159.6 million um, is your is your economic figure annually and that doesn't even you know count all the um, trickle down that comes with it. I think uh, we saw that one out of 39 jobs in our service, in your service region 
is supported by our wire grass tech. So when we talk about your service region, that's 11 That's counties, 11 counties. 11 counties. So one out of every 39 people um, have some direct contact or some relationship back with, with wiregrass. Sometimes is through contract training that we've done specifically for an industry. So industries can contact us and say, hey, we want your team to come in and teach. It could be anything from CPR to something very, very technical, training them on some new equipment that the company just um, invested in. So that contact isn't always in the the conventional classroom. It can be um, at the industry site. It can be, and it can be in the classroom, but it could be in some other setting where we've done a group training. We do a lot of leadership training um, through Millie Ward. So we have a lot of different ways that we that we touch the community. But like we said earlier, you know, we have a lot of a lot of uh, feet on the ground in different places, right. and uh, unfortunately, we can't get them all to wear a badge that says "I graduated from Wiregrass," which I know Dr. Anderson would love. But I, you know, I, my husband had some surgery um, last week at the hospital, and his nurses were Wiregrass graduates. Right. I always ask about the nurses, they, yeah, because you yeah. get to spend a little bit more time with them. And, and then, too, there's so many of these um, articulation agreements between Wiregrass and Valdosta State and ABAC different schools in the region. Um, and of course, in this South Georgia region, we're very fortunate. We have Wiregrass, we have Southern Regional Tech, we have Coastal over, you know, George Waycross. So there are just uh, a tremendous amount of uh, technical schools and, and meeting the needs that we really, we couldn't, our, our economic development people, folks will tell you, they couldn't do it without the technical schools. Right. And we have great, like you said, we have great relationships with our university partners. With Valdosta State, we have articulation agreements. And, you know, sometimes when, when I have a, you know, Eric and I have a 16-year-old son. We have no idea what he wants to do when he graduates next year. He may be one of those ones that does, that falls in the category that he's not quite ready to go off right. to a big school in a bigger city. So, you know, Wiregrass is a great place to start because we have articulation agreements and classes that transfer in a hundred percent into the university system. We have articulation agreements with Kennesaw state. So if you have a, a son or daughter that's interested in pursuing something in, in the engineering field, you know, they can stay home for a couple more years and then transfer off to that bigger environment and kind of, you know, me as a parent, it kind of makes me feel a little bit better. They have their legs under them right. a little bit better, but you know, every child is different. Um, right. Well, um, there's just so much about Wiregrass Tech and, and everything that you're doing, and we just appreciate so much and, and um, just love the people out there. Everybody's so supportive of the magazine and what I'm doing here with South Georgia Insider, and so we just really appreciate you coming out and being here today. And, uh, again, we always want to thank our sponsor, um, uh, small, ta- small Town Broadcast, The Scott James Show, which you can hear Talk 92.1. And then, of course, I cannot do this show each time without my trusty um, producer, Spencer Van Horn. But until we're back again next time, we thank you for joining us on South Georgia Insider. <laughs>